0: This is the Aider and a Better podcast with Avi Singh and Sajid Khan. Hello, hello. What up, Sajid? What's up, Avi? On today's episode, we have our opening statement where we talk about SB 576, a law in California that, if passed, would collect more data on prospective jurors and enhance our understanding, uh, is I guess how I would say it, of the demographics of folks who are showing up for jury duty. In our deep dive, Sajan and I talk about music that we listen to during trial, and uh, we'll go into that and hopefully give you some hits and some bangers. And then at the end of the
1: episode, we'll do our things. Yeah, let's do it. This is gonna be a fun episode, and it's been a while since we've actually recorded. But now we have an opportunity to talk about something kind of near and dear to us, which is jury selection. Yeah, you show up to trial. At a certain point, a number of folks show up for jury
0: selection. It could be sixty people, it could be a hundred people, and from that group, uh, that's where we wind up getting our twelve people in California to sit on the jury.
1: We have our clients there with us. We then these. Strangers start walking in the room and filling up the seats and uh, we get their names on a list, but we don't necessarily know who they're going to be, what they're going to look like, what they're going to sound like, what their experiences are. But one of the first things that obviously sticks out is race, You know, especially when we have uh, young or not necessarily young, but uh, black clients or Latino clients there's a kind of a default setting within us that we want to look behind us into that jury panel and see some faces that match the face of our client and in Santa Clara County and perhaps in a lot of places that doesn't happen yeah I mean how many times have you had a black client Avi where you've had no black prospective jurors in the the audience in one
0: case I had a a client and there was a young woman who showed up and she was also african-american and uh, she had to be excused because she was a student, mm-hmm. and she needed to get back to school. Right, and it was like watching the one and only person who had this this racial commonality uh, with my client leave the room. Right, it, it's it's weird because you you know nothing about the group, right? They show up, and let's say there's eighty of them. You know nothing. You know their names, but you don't know whose name connects with which person until they actually get seated in the jury box and say this is who I am this is my background but your client is there and there's an expectation of the client that their fair trial in some way hangs on the ability of the jury to relate to their experience and without any other information about the person that is one piece of data that they experience right at the beginning of the trial of is this jury pool going to reflect the community that I'm from. Right. Right. Not just me particularly, but my whole existence has been tied to this particular community or this background or this family. And now I'm seeing a juror, a group of jurors that is different for me and that it's really difficult to mind those differences.
1: Yeah. and, And for I think many of us and in particular our clients feel safer putting their cases and their lives in the hands of people that look like them. And whether that's the right or wrong metric, it's just something that I think we have come to uh, feel and expect. And so when you have a black client who is staring down a jury panel that has no one that looks like him, there is this fear that starts to develop that, again, these people don't, they don't look like me. Therefore, they don't relate to me. They won't hear me. Even worse, that they will be prejudiced against me. Um, and be more likely to convict. And this has kind of uh, potential ramifications, not, let's say, not only at the trial level, but in clients making choices to go oh, to absolutely. trial. Um, oh. You have minority clients who in the back of their mind either implicitly or explicitly are thinking to themselves, I'm not going to go to trial and risk my life and my liberty and putting it, putting those things in the hands of people that don't look like me. And so it it has this trickle-down effect where if our jury panels aren't diverse that it could result in uh, clients being more risk averse and and in choosing not to go to trial at all and instead pleading guilty to crimes either that they didn't commit or accepting uh, guilty pleas to uh, to charges that maybe are uh, heavy-handed or to uh, sentences that are going to be overburdensome or disproportionate, and so it has that that uh, trickle down effect. That's really concerning. You
0: know, we know that ninety plus percent of cases in state court and in federal court settle by plea, and we know that much of that work is done in the shadow of the trial how's the trial going to go what weaknesses does the prosecution have what weaknesses does the defense have and one of the parts of that shadow of the trial is the client's decision making you know do i trust this system and you know we have a right to a jury pool uh, that is a representative cross section right so it's important because we have a right to it for its own sake but it's also important for our clients the experience they have when they're testifying you know when they're thinking about am i going to be able to get a fair trial and can I trust this system? Yeah, you know, it it matters for reasons other than oh, it's just a right that we have.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and race can be a conduit to a lot of other factors: socioeconomic backgrounds, affluence, experiences. Uh, you know, I think in this article we read it from the San Francisco Chronicle about weapons and why people carry weapons and how that could be a factor in certain types of trials where um, where one group of the uh, population may see carrying a weapon as a as a provocative act, whereas another uh, group of the populations might see carrying a weapon as something that's normal or par for the course because yeah. you live in a certain community. Yeah. And so race can sometimes be, again, a uh, kind of glimpse into some of these other factors, uh, community factors, socioeconomic factors, uh, that when you start to, when you don't have particular races represented in a jury pool, then you start to lose some of those other. Uh, diversity you you lose that diversity of experience in your jury Um, and then ultimately you're left sometimes with um, experiences that don't at all match up with our clients whether it be because they're they're not of the same race or um, because they don't have that same background I mean how many of us in our personal lives in our community have had connection with with gangs or have seen it on the front lines in our in our day-to-day lives most of us probably not but there there is an element in our community that uh, may have had personal experience with gangs and may be able to provide that kind of insight when assessing whether or not someone is a gang member or not. Or what factors uh, may be at play when, in, in making that decision as to whether or not uh, a, a crime was motivated by gang affiliation or not. Yeah. Um, and then like you said, even I, I thought your point on, on police interactions is really significant. Uh, For those, there are many in our community that will never interact with police officers except for when they're getting a ticket, while there are others that are interacting with police officers on a daily basis uh, because police officers are being called into their homes or into their neighborhoods or are uh, harassing them. That uh, shapes the lens that a juror has when they're evaluating a police officer's testimony. And when you think about it, ultimately, What I want, and I think what our community wants when we want an impartial jury, is that in that jury room, we want voices. We want 12 unique voices that are uh, bringing different things to the table, different perspectives to the table. And ultimately, if they convict uh, one of our clients, at least they will have done so after uh, sharing of themselves and sharing their unique backgrounds and and interjecting that into the discussion. But as opposed to a monolith where you have 12 people that walk into a room with no diversity in terms of thought, background, or experience, and then come to a a guilty verdict. I mean, that doesn't seem to satisfy what we expect of our system. And, I mean, if you have a
0: group of folks who have different backgrounds, I think that it's less likely that the sort of things that have no place in a jury's deliberation, like prejudice against any of the parties, you know, because of something about them, that has nothing to do with the case. For example, the way they look, their religion, their background. If you have folks who have different experiences in that jury room, and somebody starts talking about, I think this person is guilty because of his racial background, and because people of this... Uh, age or people of this ethnicity are more likely to do this or that. You have other folks in the room who are going to say no. That can act as a check, and and that actually happened. There's a you know a Supreme Court case. Uh, someone involved in the jury deliberations was going on and on about about the defendant and the way he looked and how because of his background he was guilty or more likely to be guilty. And the only reason we know that that happened is because other people in the room said no. Right. You know I mean, that's a case that was on appeal. So they actually wound up rendering a verdict of guilty against this person, right, uh, but eventually you know eventually the truth came out yeah uh, and so if you have you know what maximizes the protections you know what yeah. what maximizes the ability of our jury to do what we think what we know it needs to do
1: right and in the 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 law that we're talking about is SB 576. It's pending in California, California's legislature at the moment. And it's not requiring that our juries be made up of a particular demographics or setting any quotas or anything like that. What this this proposed legislation requires is that the jury commissioners collect demographic data by having prospective jurors answer short questionnaires detailing the jurors' race, gender, ethnicity, national origin, and zip code of residence. And this will be used for analysis purpose purposes. And ultimately, this is to determine whether the pool of prospective jurors is reflecting the community that these trials are taking place within. And I, I'm surprised that this doesn't already exist. Yeah. I was yeah. actually, when I read the law, it seems pretty non-controversial. And I'm surprised that we don't already have these types of numbers um, on our books, but apparently we don't, or maybe we don't on a, on a wide scale in the state of California. And and it's interesting because it's not something that I've been privy to. I feel kind of helpless when I'm in the courtroom and I see these jury panels come in of 60 to 80 to 120 people. And I see um, the, the scarcity of African-American jurors or young Latino males in my jury pools. And I just kind of roll with the punches, to be honest. I just go with who's in front of me. And then, you know, we take a leap of faith in, with the jurors that are in front of us. And I w- I'm surprised again to hear that th- these types of demographic information weren't already collected as to these jury pools. But this is a necessary step so that we can start to assess in real, meaningful, objective ways whether our jury pools do, inflat- in fact, represent our the, uh, our communities uh, where these where these trials are taking place.
0: Yeah, and so what they have to do, you know, are each person accused of crime has a right. Uh, and it's a Sixth Amendment right to have an impartial jury drawn from a fair cross section of the community, and that's a case called Taylor versus Louisiana. And if we're gonna say, you know, if a defendant's gonna say, you know, my right to a fair cross section hasn't been has been violated, they have to show that there that there's a group that is distinctive. It could be a racial minority, it could be women. Right. That that group is not fairly represented in the jury veneers. That's the group of folks who show up for jury duty, and that there's some systematic uh, exclusion in the jury selection process is what's causing the underrepresentation. So you have a jury, uh, no Latino uh, people show up. So you've got zero. Right. But in your community, we know that there are 15% in that county. And then is there some reason why they're not there that's like a government action? Yeah. Is
1: it it a systemic issue? Are they using mechanisms that are either explicitly or implicitly acting to exclude this population group.
0: So an example of that was um, in one uh, court, you could be excused from jury service if you had a hardship. If the court found you have a hardship, you're not able to serve. And one of the hardships was any woman who requests to be uh, excused. And that's for some, you know, some paternalistic or some, some ideas of uh, what a person's role is so this this jurisdiction said well if you're a female and you ask to be excused you can be excused and and sure enough 18 percent of the group of jurors were women right and that's because there was a system set up to let them out of jury duty and, and people generally don't want to be there right so yeah. if you're a, if you have an avenue to get out you'll use it in uh so that's why the process of hardship in California where you're saying don't let allow me to not do jury duty because i have a severe economic hardship because i have i care for a dependent adult or a child who's of a certain age or because i'm a you know i have i'm a student right uh you wind up getting excused for kind of limited reasons so we don't have big groups of people being able to get out and then getting out and then not having a
1: representative jury. Yeah, Uh, last summer I I was in my first homicide trial and it was the longest trial of my career. Most of the trials that I had done in my career were a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks. And the reason I mentioned the length because this trial was gonna be six to eight weeks. And so we were picking a jury and we were doing this hardship phase and there were so many more hardships because of the length of the trial. Meaning those that might have been able to stick around for a weeks long trial or maybe two weeks long trial they there were many in our in that particular panel that couldn't afford to stay on jury duty for six to eight weeks because of the low level uh, paying jobs that they had or the hourly jobs that they had um, because of their difficult or precarious financial situations. Yeah. And so ultimately, what ended up happening is that we lost a pretty significant element of the population. Um, not it wasn't a race it wasn't a racial issue it was a more of a socio-economic issue yeah. and we lost an element of the population um, that was less well-to-do um, or may have been from the same communities as my clients in east san jose or in maybe more downtrodden parts of santa clara something like that and what we were left with were jurors that all were either retired yeah uh, were well-to-do um, had high-paying jobs. Where their companies would pay for jury duty without right. a cap. And so we had this very um, undiverse jury, ultimately. Um, and, and so it was just something that I was feeling for the first time in a trial. This, popu- this group that's left over after the hardships is not a fair cross-section of my community, because it's not a fair cross-section of both the wealthy and the less well-to-do in our community. And so it got me thinking about what we can do to remedy that. I was thinking about pay for jurors as something mm-hmm. that, that might level the playing field a bit uh, so that we can help keep on people that um, that might not be able to afford uh, to serving on a two-, three-, four-, six-week trial. Um, because I think right now all they get is parking and maybe a little bit of, of a stipend, $15 a day, which obviously doesn't cover their missed salary or anything like that. Yeah. So these... I think we need to, and I'm sure people have thought about pay for jurors. I'm not the first one or anything like that. But I think that these are things that when you start to dig deeper um, impact the diversity of our juries and what what we can do to remedy that. And this uh, SB 576 is one of those steps in that direction.
0: Well, I think the best part about this bill is just, you know, there's lots of good reasons to have information, right? And one is you can then experiment. And you can see if, uh, if one county is drawing jurors from DMV records, mm-hmm. is that producing a less representative group to the county that it's in than another county that's using voter registration information? Right. right? Or uh, there is a suggestion of uh, you know billing, like uh, utility bills, because hmm. people... Everyone pays utilities. P- more people have utility bills than are registered to vote. Right? And so you can then experiment, and you can see do these things matter to whether we're getting the juries that we have a right to, uh, that everybody does if they're accused of crime, and also that we as a society need to exist. So um, I I think that hopefully this thing passes, hopefully we get more information about how our jury systems are functioning, and maybe it gets people who are jury commissioners or county officials to start thinking more about, we've got a problem. Yeah. You know, we're recognizing now that, you know, we've got a a racial group that composes 20 percent of the population and we've got 5 percent showing up. Right. You know, maybe we need to do something different.
1: Yeah. And and we started the conversation with me asking you about how many trials you've done in this county where you've had a black client and you looked in the audience to see you know how many black uh, jurors there are. I mean, I. It, when it, it, it for real functionality i I can count maybe on two hands how many black jurors two pers- hands
0: or two sets of hands two hands one set of hands
1: yeah ten <laughs> ten fingers how many prospective black jurors I've yeah. had in all of the trials of mine in Santa Clara county I mean yeah. and it's and and that's um, and then that's not even speaking of how many latino males english-speaking latino males that i've had in in those jury panels um and it's it's a it really inhibits the diversity of our juries the diversity of those jury rooms um, and the in, in the diversity of jury deliberations
0: i think that uh i think that we should end with a quick public service announcement if you ever get called to jury duty and you can do it go for it
1: yeah, one of my pet peeves these days is is friends of mine that call me because they know I'm a public defender or they run into me and they say, "Oh, I got jury duty. What do I do to get off?" And okay. I and I and I tell them like, "Look, um, you got to do it. You know, we you got to um, do your civic duty. Beyond your civic duty, but this uh, it's so meaningful and impactful. I think we should move on to the deep dive. Let's do it." all set Ricky's
0: on Rickies, get I'm back. It's and running around and cool. So, uh, this week for this episode's deep dive, Sajj and I have been talking a lot about just like music that we listen to during trial and we, you know, this isn't just for trial attorneys or attorneys at all. You know, every one of us in our lives has to get kind of into the right zone for everything that we do. If you're teaching, you know, and and there's going to be a busy time of the year, uh, for your students, you know, like if you're working in the trade of being a lawyer and there's, you know, a trial or some big motion, uh, We always have to get in the zone. Yeah, you gotta get in some way. You gotta get juice. You gotta get juice. There's all kinds of settings that we need to get to and music can be really a really powerful way to do that. So here's my proposal. Yeah. I would like to frame this discussion as music that we listen to in trial. Okay. And I would like you to abide by the following framework. I will try. There are different phases of the trial. Right. And for me it's just the trial's a roller coaster. Yeah. You know, so I'm not listening to one type of thing. So there's five stages that I've identified. So, and, and you don't have to comply with this. Okay. <laughs> okay. You don't have to comply with this. But there's the rule setting of the case that's called in limine in California. That's where we're figuring out the ground rules of the trial, right? Like what evidence is going to be admitted? What's going to be excluded? You know, is the trial going to proceed one way or another? Setting the ground rules. So that's the the ground rules phase. Yeah. Next phase is the jury selection phase. Next phase is opening. Next stage is cross examination because we're public defenders.
1: Yeah, that's our bread and butter. That's
0: our bread and butter. And then the last phase is closing. So that's five stages.
1: I had another stage. It's What's like that? J- jury deliberations. Oh, or like getting a
0: verdict. At it. At it. It's in. <laughs> okay, so there's going to be six phases to frame our conversation. Okay. Okay. So starting, uh, why don't you just give us your first song?
1: Yeah. I mean. So let me let me yeah. let me phrase it this way. I don't break it up that way. Like in in my head. Like, well, a couple things. Yeah. You were talking about the highs and lows of trial. For me, trial is always going well for me because I'm like an internal, eternal optimist. When I'm in trial, I think I'm killing it. Yeah. And I think that things are going great and that my clients can be acquitted because we've convinced ourselves of our defense. And so everything is going great. Like every cross-examination is going great. And like the opening, killed it. So there's like this real high. The only time that I hit a low is during jury deliberations and then walking to get that verdict. Then yeah. then I come down and I'm like, oh, sh-. like it's, you know, we lost. All, all of that that positive energy is, is, is it's gone. It's all negativity it's then. It's all negativity yeah. then. I lost, I can't believe that, you know, I didn't do this, I didn't ask that question, I didn't make that argument. This is before
0: the verdicts even come.
1: Right, it's yeah. just the, that whole waiting game and then that yeah. walk to get the verdict. So that's the, the thing, so.
0: In my highs and lows, what I mean to say is not that I'm feeling down or I'm feeling up. Right. It's that what kind of mood do I want to be in uh-huh, for I the see. task? Yeah. You know? For me, it's
1: just I always want to be juiced. Like, yeah. Like, I just want to be juiced. So you'll yeah. see. So, like, the first song that and I... And we're
0: both, we're both children of the... Of the 90s. 90s. Right. So, the, you know, this
1: does spill into our... You know, yeah. The 90s and the 2000s. Right. So the first person I thought of was DMX. Yeah. DMX just gets me juiced. And so the song that I... Uh, it took me a while to distill there's so many DMX bangers and hits that yeah. get you fired up to run through a wall yeah um, but in this particular this particular song was get it on the floor by DMX and Swiss beats let's get it on anytime that I, I usually listen to music in the car yeah. so when I'm, I'm give you a visual of what this looks like it's me driving over to the office before okay. a morning session of trial so like okay. 8 a.m. I'm bumping DMX. You're in your suit. I'm in my suit. Briefcases full. Yeah, ready to go. Got the cross examinations ready. The scripts ready. And I'm bumping DMX on the way to, way to the parking lot before I walk over to court. Okay. So that, uh, that's you, my first song. I was looking
0: at a list of like, um, like, hip hop albums or records to get pumped up to. Yeah. And there was one list which was like music to punch some music for punching somebody in the face. <laughs> and was DMX DMA, on that? It was like all.
1: DMX and Ludacris. Nice. They were like multiple It's kind of what we're doing, right? It's a little bit of a boxing match. Imagine, if you imagine, like, what would you, if you were a a prize fighter walking into the ring, what would you put on? You'd put on some DMX. I'd put on, like, uh, uh, some, like, sad,
0: like, indie... indie to listen to when it's raining <laughs> and
1: get a nice mood going yeah so that's my number one i mean my first song that i thought of is dmx get it on the floor and, and those
0: beats the ground rules section you know the elimini section that's that's a very early stage yeah in the trial right that you know your energy is probably also up highest yeah you know you're still kind of figuring out where am i gonna go right uh, so the thing that i put down uh is an album it, there's an album called Yes Laud L A W D, and it's a, by a band called No Worries, and okay. Worries is spelled N X, is and then W O R R I E S, and that's a, a group of a guy named Knowledge, and a person named Anderson Pock. Okay. And uh, they have a song called Scared Money, and it's like this funky groove. You know, I wanna go in kind of feeling I wanna be feeling the groove. Yeah. When I walk into the ground rule section. Right. You know, and so it's it's like you're gonna tap your feet, it's got kinda of like this late eighties hook. And and it makes you feel like you're you're walking in about you know, you're gonna start business. Yeah. So that's my in Okay.
1: ground rule song. And lemonades are a, it's a good stage for a song like that because DMX is probably not the best for lemonades uh, because exclude the evidence. <laughs> right, it's it's more of a cerebral <laughs> exercise, um, so it's more you know it's a uh, lemonades. It's less about showmanship and more about argument and and nuance of law.
0: Your Honor, this uh, this evidence is is too prejudicial.
1: Arr, arr! <laughs> get at me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh so maybe i should have broken it up with uh something more cerebral but i'm
0: imposing this thing it's completely artificial no it's all right it's yeah
1: i'm probably listening to like bill simmons podcast when i'm going into in in lemonades you know some like someone talking about something yeah like i'm not really listening to music at that moment in time but
0: yeah when i'm when i'm in trial podcasts are off uh i get too you know too many thoughts get too, I start thinking about you know the Warriors <laughs> I think about pro wrestling right it's like I think about politics I'm like okay yeah gotta I gotta get off. in the zone so how about um, so keeping with this thin kind this, of setup this rubric uh, yeah, yeah how about um, do you have a song that you would put for a jury selection <laughs>
1: No, I don't have a jury selection song, but uh, I'm just gonna go down my list and you know, right, maybe tell me, tell me. maybe I'll try this setup next time yeah. and see how DMX does for me in lemonades yeah, and yeah. Then for jury selection I'll use. Uh, so the next <laughs> song I had so this is really just an homage to all of my favorite yeah. musicians and so DMX and then number two is uh, it was a uh, Tupac and I had to really figure out which song of his I'd I'd really like roll into and yeah. the perfect song is Picture Me Rollin' by Tupac. And so that's the song that that has me. Yeah, I think that fits with jury selection. You know, you're coming in, you're feeling, you're feeling good. Picture me rolling. Um, I also thought about. Tupac and uh, Ambitions as a Writer, or How Do You Want It. Mm-hmm. Um, those are from the All Eyes on Me album. Um, but yeah, Picture Me rolling is the song. What it, is it you about? You know, windows yeah. down. Just, you know, like, you just feeling confident. Your confidence yeah. Is that- uh, you yeah. got your, be- uh, jury selection's one, one of the stages of the trial where I put one of my favorite suits on. So you got the, you know, one of your favorite suits on. It's like the first day of trial, the jury's walking in, you're gonna be standing up in front of them, you're gonna introduce them to yourself and your client, they get to hear from you for the first time. Yep. So it's like this bravado that you have to have as a trial attorney.
0: And in California, uh, in, in our jurisdiction where we work, it's the time where the defense speaks first yeah you know in no other phase that never happens in a trial except during jury selection where we get to talk first yeah and so that confidence yeah you don't know how how the room's gonna feel right you've just heard a bunch of them talk about how they can't be fair because your client obviously did it and you know that the way everybody's looking you know they're saying a number of things that are kind of knocking your confidence down so you got to get in there and get up
1: yeah so Yeah, there's a obviously. I mean, Tupac was the ultimate uh, irrational confidence guy. I mean, yep. so like the confidence of "Picture Me Rolling" is is perfect.
0: Yeah, uh, I for jury selection, I have the exact same approach. Uh, my song is called "All We Got," and it's by Chance the Rapper from the album "Coloring Book." And uh, and the thing is, it's this exuberant song. It's the first song on his album, okay. and it's you know, he says, "This isn't the intro. This is the entree." Right? Like you know, a lot of albums they start with this intro that's kind of a nothing right. event, and it's like the full album is put on in the first track. Right. You know, the he's got uh, the Chicago Children's Choir singing. Kanye West shows up. It's this just optimistic, energetic. Song. Yeah, and well, the reason I feel like that little bit of boost, yeah, you know, makes me feel a little, you know, I, I come in feeling a lot of joy. Right. I listen to that. I feel joy. I'm ready to talk to people, and then it's easy. Right. Right. And so all we got by chance, around is my jury selection song. All right. So, yeah. Sajid, tell me about opening statement. What you listening to?
1: My opening statement song, so I, you know, this whole exercise was a lot of fun for me. Um, this, like doing a deep dive into all my favorite music. So I'd start I was going into YouTube and then it'd take me to another song into another song. So this list is really hard. I mean, we're gonna have a lot of honor, honorable mentions at the end of this. Mm-hmm. But um, the song that is coming to mind for opening statement is a song by Jadena. It's called Classic Man, and it basically says, you know, you could be mean when you look this clean. I'm a classic man. It's like this really like swagger song. Mm -hmm. And in the video, he's got all these beautiful suits on and sunglasses and ties. It's kind of the same. It's the same thought of Picture Me Rolling. It's just like walking into that courtroom. The lights are on. Yeah, you know, it's time for action. And um, so you walk in with a song like that, and you, you're feeling, 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 feeling clean, feeling, feeling really fresh. And this reminds me of something that when people ask me about being a public defender and being a trial lawyer, is like why we do it. And one of the reasons why is it because it really um, it touches this this competition nerve, like the like the showmanship. Um, the same way that if you, play, you played high school football, so did I. Like the Friday night lights, or even ice play on Saturday mornings or Saturday afternoons, But like walking into a game like that, those butter, the, comp- the, the equal parts of butterflies and adrenaline, like all mixed into one. Yeah. And so like when I think of a song like this, or Picture Me Rolling, like that's how I feel when I'm walking into a game. That's how I feel like when I'm walking in the court.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a great uh, selection for your opening. The song I had and is a uh, is a song from uh, Little Wayne's uh, The Carter Three album. So it's a 2008 song called "Let the Beat Build." Okay. And it's a very much a pump up, like it's 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 a structured song where where the beat starts with like one type of thing happening, and then another thing is layered onto it, and then another and another, right? And it's just and at the end it's just this, this you know wonderful. Beat and Wayne is rapping over it, and uh, and I actually learned in the course of researching it that it's a Kanye West beat. Oh, nice. You know, it's, uh, it's a pink polo, you know, it's a 2000s Kanye West beat, and it's uh, a. You know, I, I was listening to this album a lot because I was in law school in 2006 to 2009, and I was listening to a lot of uh, little Wayne albums, you know, just as my kind of background music or Pandora Station, and this one was just a very. You know, meaningful one. Uh, I actually had a, a friend of mine who used to uh, race. He was uh, uh, in track and field, okay. and there's there's this thing. I'm not racing. I'm just sprinting. Yeah. Is one of the lines in the song, and, and my friend uh, would listen to that when he had his you know nice. headphones on, training well, for his like running. That. And so it's 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 exactly the same. Like some competitive person actually doing something physically exerting kind of yeah. themselves, and it. In a trial, right. Getting hyped.
1: When so. are you listening to this music? By the way, are you listening to listening to it in the car? Are you listening to it in your office? Are you listening it listening to it when you're like? Do you have headphones walking to court?
0: Yeah. So I have. Um, so I have, I listen to it in the car uh, after I drop the kids off. Yeah. And then so before yeah. it's just Moana, right? It's just all Moana. And then and then and then once the kids get dropped off, I listen to Dimiaks with the kids in the car. Yeah. <laughs> your kids like rough, rough, rough so um so it's the car and then um i got headphones in when i'm walking into court oh nice i'm not
1: so you're like kd walking down in, uh, into battle
0: i'm not talking to anybody yeah that's a big sign that's a big sign for potential jurors yeah i'm not talking to them right. you know i'm at the metal detector i take my headphones off put them in the bucket no back I like on that. i got I, like I got headphones on in the elevator
1: yeah
0: I, when i'm waiting so you're like
1: in the zone so actually, the trial we did together, you, you weren't doing that because you were with me. I was with you. So I, like, so disturbed I was, your routine. And that's why I did such a bad job. Is no, that? get out of here. <laughs> we, did, we did well. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, okay. Saja,
0: tell, what's your, what do you listen to? This is the cross.
1: Yeah. Right. So, it's, so I have uh, the song that I thought of, and you mentioned uh, Lil Wayne and Kanye. And so the song that I was thinking of was a TI song called swagger Like Us. Okay. With uh Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, and Kanye and it has the um Like Us beat from MIA. The, yeah. they each take turns uh hitting a verse. It's yeah. like TI, uh Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, and Kanye. And yeah. it just it's the same thing. It, 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 these are all confidence songs. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a lot of bravado. Yeah. Um so that's a song. Cuz when you're in when you're in cross, as you as you can speak to, you you have to have the ultimate confidence and bravado. You're you're on display. It's you and a witness. You have you're like in attack mode um, most times, and uh, and so "Swagger Like Us" is the song that kind of resonates with that with that moment.
0: Yeah, I I have um, so there's a there's a band called the Scissor Sisters. Okay, and. Uh, The Scissor Sisters have a bunch of kind of techno pop uh, songs. And on their album Nightwork, there's a song called Running Out. And it's this energy boosting song. So at the time Cross is happening for me, right? We've been through a number of phases so far, right? And I want to keep my energy up. So I might listen to a song that has some kind of energy boost. And it could be a hip-hop song, or it could be, you know, some soul song, but this song is kind of like a representative, uh, kind of hard-charging, you know, it's like, it's about running out of time, running out of money, running out of dough, And, and, and it's just like, he's, but they're charging forward. Right. Uh, you know, it's just kind of like, I imagine it's a song people listen to when they're, you know, uh. It's towards the end of the night, and they need that extra boost or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. they're yeah. uh, Getting tired, uh, so I, 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 that's that's what I got. Scissors Sisters, nice.
1: Running out. It's interesting because I don't know many of your songs, and that's okay because yeah. it means I'm going to go look them up. Yeah. And I, ho- and I hope whoever's listening does the same. I'm going to listen to uh, Swagger Like Us. Yeah, Swagger so Like Us. And it goes to show that my music is primarily like radio driven. Mm-hmm. It's like what's what are the hits on the on the radio? Yeah. And I think you're like listening to albums. And you're like yep. you're doing a little bit more of a deep dive. I'm listening to KML or one oh five seven here in the Bay Area or 99.7. you know. Yeah. The, whatever's on the radio I kinda gravitate to. Uh, but you're you're doing more of a deep dive.
0: We have different we're yeah. listening different stuff, yeah. yeah, right, I like it. So where are we at now? So this is this is the moment. You closing. Know? This closing. It's time to close. It's so, time to close this, so when this I think, segment.
1: Of, when I think yeah. of closers, <laughs> yeah. I think of baseball, right? You think of like walking, you know, the closer, the gate opens up yep. and the closer walks in. Mariano Rivera walks Enter in. Enter Sandman. Exactly. You got it. Enter Sandman, Metallica. I grew up with Metallica in the 80s. Master of Puppets. Yeah, my brothers were big Metallica guys um, and I grew up sitting in the back seat of my mm-hmm. one of my brother's cars, like the listening to, to Metallica. Unfold. So when you yeah. think of, like I said, when you think of closer and you think of... Like the music that you'd be listening to when you're yeah. when you're closing, um, that's who I. I didn't really have this on my list. It was in my honorable mentions, but now that we're thinking about like closers, yeah, um, this is the song. It's Enter Sandman by Metallica. Just, just, just. It's it's like the perfect rhythm. It's not oh, yeah. too heavy, but it's it's just. It has this crescendo that builds up, and, it, yeah. and it, it, it's it's perfect. And like I said, I'm bi- envisioning Mariano walking in through the Yankees outfield grass and then just shutting the door on whoever the opponent was. And so that's that's perfect for- Exit light. Yeah. Enter night. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think that's great. Yeah,
1: so that's, that's my song, Metallica, Enter Sandman.
0: So for me, uh, the closings, all the songs that I could think of had something in common, and it's that they're kind of creating, putting me into this kind of emotional space because I get, uh, I, I'm very um, committed to the rules. I'm mm-hmm. very committed to the presumption of innocence and the burden of proof and and the rules. Like it's and in and I and I want that commit I want to be able to express that commitment, you know, uh in a way that the jury can relate to. I want to kind of put them into an a a zone for contemplating the evidence. You know, that is is kind of you know, this I want to get into the story. So these songs are these kind of big soaring uh songs that I was thinking about so the one that I settled on is I I mean if I'm asked what's your favorite song you know period it might be this song and it's a song by Rufus Wainwright okay and it's from his album Want One and the song is called Go or Go Ahead and it's this like it's kind of a slow start and it's just soaring you know it's just this build and there's these background singers and there's you know these I think he has an orchestra playing and by the end it's just you know you're just in this moment mm-hmm. you're completely swept up yeah like I'm completely swept up in the song and uh, and I want to be able to do that you know, I want to use my posing to kind of capture kind of this forceful can make this argument right and get the jury to kind of immerse themselves so uh, there were other songs that I was thinking about mm-hmm. and they had the same you know the same uh, that that was the quality of it right which is what i'm listening to in closing is it's time to really kind of escape so uh that's my that's my closing song uh do you want to do your do some honorable mentions yeah
1: i have some honorable mentions do you have any go ahead go ahead yeah so i have a whole bunch of honorable mentions so (laughs) i was thinking of uh tribe called quest stressed out Mm -hmm. it's um i remember it from high school you know and it Because trial, despite all this bravado and confidence we're talking about, is still a really stressed out, stressful period. I thought about Linkin Park, just because Linkin Park always got me juiced. And so I started listening to a bunch of Linkin Park songs. They all sound kind of the same, but they all have this, they all get me fired up in the same way. Um, There was a deputy in one of the trial departments that I was in, uh, because my name is Sajid Khan, uh, would play a Shaka Khan song where it starts with Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan, because it sounds like Sajid Khan. And so one time when I walked into the courtroom, he actually had it playing. That's so and nice. And so I got to give an homage that, to that deputy. I don't yeah. think I won that trial, though, so it, it kind of loses its luster. That song's on ice. Yeah, exactly, but Shaka Khan. It's actually a song called I Feel For You. And then here's my, like, my... Um, I don't know if it's surprising, because everyone really likes Carly Rae Jepsen, but may not really admit it, but she's the one who sings the... Um, I Really Like You yep. song, and she also sings that uh, Call Me Baby, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, those two songs for me are perfect songs for after, a, like if, it, if the weather's warm and we've been in court all day and you've had a good session and you just roll down the windows on your way back from work to, to home or to yep. the gym or whatever, and you roll down the windows and you play I Really Like You by Carly Rae Jepsen. Summer songs. Yeah, summer songs. It just has like this high energy. I also thought of bone thugs um, bone thugs and tupac uh, thug love where the where the gunshot is the is part of the beat yeah and then bone thugs and uh, BIG no, no, notorious yeah. thugs um, did ghetto cowboy make it on your ghetto list? Cowboy, that was a good song I remember watching that on CMC <laughs> on California chewy Gomez media, yeah chewy Gomez um, I, like I said any DMX song any tupac song I thought of ASap Rocky mm-hmm. is that, is that his name how's that how you say it ASAP I, Rocky I've and, never said his name out loud but the song F'n yeah. Problems it's like okay. it's like a whole it's got uh, it's just another it's got 2 chains and Drake and uh, so it's it's a great song and then Eminem Lose Yourself uh-huh. oh yeah um, uh, I mean just another classic yeah. gotta get yourself Pumped up, and so th- those are the songs. Oh, the, we talked about jury deliberations and yeah. and verdict. Yeah. So the song that I listened to, it, that's a really low point for me during the trial. Like yeah. I feel really down. I feel really sad. Um, and so it's almost like the adrenaline has worn, and it, yeah. like the the crash happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's absolutely a crash.
1: And so the song that I that I played in a recent walk to court was "Just Breathe" by Pearl Jam. And it's, like, this really slow, like, love. It's a kind of a love song. And it um, it's just, it's, it, it's, like, for some reason, it's kind of a masochistic song for me because it makes me cry. And so I'm already kind of down, and then I listen yeah. to this song, and then I'm even... It's time to go all the way. I'm already further down. <laughs> Total,
0: that, makes every, that
1: makes all sense to me. So, yeah. but that's the song. I'm, I actually listened to it, I think, on the way to get our verdict, or maybe to get in the, the trial that we did together, or... When I, I got another verdict in my, humus, my first homicide trial. Oh, no, that wasn't a verdict, but walking over to, to deal with the jury uh, deliberations in that song, because I was yeah. just feeling really scared and really down. Yeah. So I, those are some of my all were mentions. That's a long list.
0: So here, uh, I'll just put out a couple honorable mentions. I, I was so close for Cross to saying Still Dre. Uh-huh. I mean, Still Dre <laughs> from, from Dr. Dr. Gray, Dr. Dre, the, the Chronic 2000 uh-huh. album is it's just got a wonderful hook and I was playing it in the kitchen last night nice you know kind of doing my deliberation getting getting juice for today yeah there's a there's a song by uh, Lil Wayne and Drake called right above it mm-hmm. uh, that has a, a, a really great uh, beat and uh, it has a slum dog millionaire reference mm. and he like kind of Drake does a, some nice lyrics around slum dog millionaire uh, don't listen to it if you haven't seen the movie, though, because spoiler alert. The last one is uh, is Phil Collins, In the Air Tonight. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I, I coach him. I a, feel it yeah. coming in
1: the <laughs> air right. tonight. Yeah. Right. And DMX did a, did a song with oh, that. Oh, that With that. Uh, I, didn't I, I think it featured Phil Collins. I should, DMX and Phil Collins, should, like the I, perfect confluence.
0: I, for our mock trial uh, before competition started, or before the quarterfinals. So we had been through some rounds. And then we had to go to quarterfinals. I got the students in a room, and we did a visualization where we talked about kind of getting into the courtroom, getting through the metal detector, you know, getting you know, getting situated in our seats, going through the whole trial. And I played Phil Collins as I took him through the visualization, and it was it was super intense. Well, we hope this. We hope you. You know, hey, this has been really great, actually. Yeah, it was fun. fun. Uh, So let's uh, let's go to our things.
1: All set. You
0: go first. Okay, uh, my thing is about lines. Like, you know, when people, there's like a thing that's limited and there's a line to get to that thing. It's my, it's a call uh, to not cutting. Oh, okay. I, I'm against cutting. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, so I was at a, I already told you about this, but I, I, I wanted to memorialize this. I was at a, uh, we were at the Warriors game. On your birthday. On my birthday. Uh, Warriors Celtics. And uh, I, it was halftime. I waited towards kind of the end of halftime that I needed to use the restroom. So I, I go, and there's a line uh, for uh, the men's room. Right. Uh, there, is, so it's it's coming out of the into the kind of the walkway of Oracle Arena, and I get in line, and and it's kind of like the line is moving in chunks. So like all of a sudden, like six people go ahead, right? And for some reason, that's how it was working. So i'm waiting in line i'm at the very end and we start moving and this guy uh walks in and he just cuts right in front of me to be this instead of being the last person in the line he cuts and becomes the second to last person <laughs> in the line and so i say uh I, I look at him and i say Nah, that's not happening yeah. And i just reassume my position was any song playing in your head at this no 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 but I, I was amped up because you know yeah, you know okay. it's an. i mean you know like you're in the bathroom line, you're at a sporting event, right. you don't know how much people have had to drink, yeah. you, know, you don't know who you're even dealing with, and so he, he makes a comment, oh, you know, you're, you're trying to stay with your friend. And I, I was just alone, so I said, no, no, I'm not trying to stay with my friend, uh, that's not what this is about. And he says, oh, well, you know, good job, you, you saved yourself 15 seconds. He, he basically became a villain, yeah. like, immediately, <laughs> it, was like a, it was almost a cartoonish.
1: And so I But he was trying to save himself fifteen seconds. It, well yeah, and so it,
0: it, <laughs> he wanted to save his fifteen seconds mattered, my fifteen seconds didn't. Right. So I said, you know, it's not about the fifteen seconds. And I get in this conversation with the guy and I'm saying, you know, your I said your conduct is not universalizable. And I was forced to kind of think about why cutting in line is not is a messed up thing to do. It's the yeah. same with driving, you know, when you when you cut at cut somebody off. It's that if everybody does it, the whole thing falls apart. Right. Right, the it's,
1: whole, system's out, the whole system's
0: out of order. the whole system's out of order. and so he says, "I'm glad, I'm glad that you are fighting to make society better." Hey,
1: <laughs>
0: and so I'm like, "I'm I'm glad <laughs> that I'm making it better instead of acting like you and making it worse." <laughs> I was to keep I was keep stay calm. Yeah, uh, but I was definitely like, "What is you know, What's what, happening what's, right what's now? What's about to go down?" Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't know. Uh, I obviously made an assessment. <laughs> Before saying anything, like if he was a big guy, I would have just quietly, you know, not said anything, and this wouldn't be my thing on my podcast. (laughs) But 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 I you know I I so so I you know
1: yeah you don't want to come out of that bathroom with handcuffs on.
0: I basically call him on it, you know, and I make you know make some. I say you know basically what you did is a dick move, but go warriors. That's (laughs) and that's how the conversation ends, and and then I go and I'm using a urinal, and then one opens up next to me. And he's now peeing next to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here fast because I can't be weighted what he's done before me because right. then he'll have won, yeah. you know, in the universe. So I got out of there and, and uh, basically, like, ran away. So that's my thing. That's Don't thing? cut in line. Uh, and if somebody cuts in line in front of you, uh, you know, it's, it's okay to talk to them about it. But, you know, be safe.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Uh, my thing is, I, uh, we, have, we haven't recorded in two and a half weeks, and I've written two blog posts in the two and a half weeks, and they're both kind of on the same issues. It's about issues of incarceration and our community's response to incarceration. And uh, the first was, there was a Georgia couple that was sentenced to uh, several years, I think combined up to 20 years in prison for uh, terrorizing a young African American girl's birthday party in, uh, in the state of Georgia. And there, and then the second story was this uh, story by the Marshall Project and by the LA Times that came out uh, last week where they were uh, profiling pay-to-stay jails in Southern California where more affluent people were able to pay for better uh, amenities in, in private jails in Southern California. And so my thing for, for this uh, episode is um, so when I, ta- when I thought about the, the sentence that these folks in Georgia received, there were many on my Facebook and across the country that were celebrating those sentences. And I wrote a blog post and I'm, and I'm positing now and asking the question whether we should be celebrating those types of sentences, because my position is that when we celebrate sentences, even for those that we find to be particularly uh, heinous crimes or inflammatory uh, behaviors, that we implicitly send the message that incarceration is our answer to criminal behavior that uh, that lengthier prison terms is an acceptable means or method of justice and i think that's the wrong message that gets sent when we celebrate these lengthy sentences just like it would be the wrong message from my perspective to celebrate a death verdict for someone accused of a really heinous crime because we send the message that that death the death penalty is okay for our minority or impoverished clients as well. So we essentially kind of stand complicit in our system of mass incarceration, arguably, when we celebrate those sentences. And then on a similar note, um, there was a lot of outrage. In fact, my sister, my sister sent me a message saying, um, like when I, she posted that Marshall Project expose on my Facebook wall and said, you, "You'd be, I'm sure you'll be appalled by this. And I wasn't appalled by it. Because my uh, my answer to that was I was you're a- like wrong, sis. <laughs> yeah, I was like wrong. No, well, I was appalled, but for different reasons. I wasn't appalled yeah. that those folks were able to uh, get better amenities in the jail, and the amenities that we're talking about were television, access to a computer, better sleeping conditions, and better food. Yeah. My my response is I, I'm appalled at. The fact that my clients our clients are subject to really terrible conditions in our local county jails Um, and i don't wish those terrible conditions on the more well-to-do i wish that the conditions that these more well-to-do folks in southern california are receiving are afforded to our clients and that we essentially uplift our means and method of incarceration as opposed to i think you called it the ratcheting down like this ratchet down saying Well, if poor people are being treated like like animals, then rich people should be treated like animals, too, instead of the reverse, which is if rich people are getting amenities, so should poor people or Or,
0: maybe we shouldn't treat people like animals.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or even deeper than that, we should be questioning incarceration generally, like, should any of these people be incarcerated? And if they are, how should we be incarcerating them? Let's go. uh, Let's finish up on a lighter note. Yeah, yeah. Um, Davis. Made oh. the NCAA tournament. Oh, so Cal good. actually missed the tournament. And then got and, and bounced. Then, and then yeah. lost in the NIT last night. But UC Davis made the NCAA tournament first for the first history. time in history. They play tonight. They play, they play today. Tonight. They're playing North Carolina State. Are you going to have like a Davis shirt on? And are you going to be sitting um, uh, like on the couch? I'm just going to be clapping at my computer.
0: Let's go Aggies. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm so... Uh, this is the moment to really enjoy. This is as high as a... Davis fan can get right now I mean it's possible to get higher right but this is the highest it's ever been it's higher than uh, the Stanford uh, when UC Davis beat beat Stanford Stanford in football Uh, it's higher uh, than I think when Davis won a number of Sears prizes the D2 Mm -hmm. you know best athletic program in D2 Uh, it's as high as it gets for UC Davis and it's at our friend Chris Went to Syracuse. Oh right, <laughs> and so he's an orange, oh yeah, orange man, and uh, uh, they're you know, universe. They're always a contender, and they're they, they're out. They didn't yeah, make it. Yeah, they didn't it. make it. So but it's, Davis it's is a in. huge thing for Davis. I'm I'm
1: rooting for the team. I'm proud of the team. The only thing is that you got to be rooting for Davis. You're rooting yeah, of for of course. Davis. My yeah, sisters I mean, went to Davis, and every like half the people I know went to Davis. Um, but the concern that I have, or that I'm kind of disappointed that the, the the tournament committee made them play in this play-in game. So they have to win tonight, and then if they win, who are they going to play, like one of the one seeds? They'll play a one seed. And (laughs) I would
0: love, I would love to be able to play, you know, to have the shot to get blown out. (laughs) And so, I mean, their story to get in. They won the Big West title. Uh, Oh, they won the regular season, Big West? Yeah, and so they beat Irvine in the championship in the tournament. that. That I watched. And the crazy thing is they held Irvine like 16 points or something in the first half. Uh, But Irvine just destroyed them. In a laugher, like two weeks earlier, mm-hmm. you know they just got crushed by this team, and then they come back and they hold them down with their defense, all right? Yeah, and they get through. So I'm, I'm very proud of them. Did you
1: fill out a bracket? <laughs> no, no. Did you have a tournament pick? Or? No,
0: no. This, I'm, I'm uh, recusing myself from Davis from, all the way. I'll take Davis all the way. <laughs> I'll put it down on wax. No game has been played yet. I'm calling it. If they win, you know it'll be because you know I. You sent good good energy into the universe. I send all good energy into the universe. All right. Go Aggies. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Aider and a Better Podcast. All right. Talk soon.
1: Bye.